Thank y'all for tuning in, Just BSing. I'm back with season two, first episode of season two. All right, so last Friday, April 2nd, was Autism Awareness Day. And it's only right that I bring season two, episode one, with this topic. All right, so today I have a former Shaw Bear, a Shaw Bear alumni. That's correct, right, for women. Alumni. I thought it was all alumni, but whatever. Either or. Either or. <laughs> but the most important thing, she went to Shaw. Uh, yes. We have Marquita here today. All right, so let's let's dive into it. So with autism awareness, what's your definition of autism? Autism. I try not to give it a definition because if you ask me, we all have a hint of autism. Mm -hmm. um, but <clears throat> I would say it's just a population of individuals who struggle with um, communicating and social interaction. And how, uh, how long have you been working with people who have autism? I've been in the field now for going on eight years. Um, I just passed my boards last week. Congrats. So I'm super excited about that. Board certified behavior analyst is my title now. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I've been a supervisor for the last three years, but I'm officially, you know, a board certified behavior analyst. So I've been in the field for a little while now. All right. Um, if no one knew what your title was, how would you describe your title? If nobody knew what it works, mm, that's a good question. Um, I would describe my title as uh, someone who is help a helpful person. Someone mm -hmm. that is out to um, help people that other people do not understand, preferably children. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a lot of uh, adults that also struggle with um, autism. And some of us are not aware of it. We are not um, prone to the signs of what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So you've been doing this for over 10 years. So, like, you know, some of the warning signs that a person may have it. What are some of the warning signs and the early ages that you start seeing characteristics of autism? Um, one of the signs definitely is eye contact. A lot of children with autism, they don't make eye contact. Um, it could They could be verbal, I'm sorry, non-vocal because mm -hmm. verbal language looks different. Verbal could be reading, it could be pictures, so non-vocal. Um, a lot of social skills that uh, typical developing children have autistic children do not have so I want to say lack of eye contact lack of communication are like the major things um, that I typically notice when I meet um, children with autism and I'm pretty sure with you working in that field like you all I ain't gonna say automatically but once you see like certain characteristics in a child or adult you know that but for a parent who may not have dealt with a person who have autism or have no knowledge whatsoever, what are some of the warning signs that they should be aware of? Um, diets, if their kid is particular about certain foods, um, if they're particular about how they want their clothes, because um, they have a lot of obsess obsessions. So they're obsessed with certain things. Um, if you notice that your child is lining their toys up, um, if you notice that when you call their name, they don't answer sometimes. Um, in our community, the African-American community, we kind of miss those signs because we label our children as, you know, they're bad. 
they're just bad. They don't, their parents don't make them sit down, but in all reality, there could be a deeper issue. So for someone who is not familiar with what it, what it entails, I would say the, the early signs are definitely just those particular things. Did your child start work, walking at a certain age? Um, did they start uh, attending to their name at a certain age? Small things like that. Um, and if, and if, you know, they have food deficits as well, definitely pay attention to those things um, as early signs. Yeah. Well, I, like, I know I work in special education, so we have kids. And one of the biggest things as teachers, we was upset with because they did a transition. At first, I used to work with strictly autism kids. But being realistic, weight counter being cheap, and they're they trying to save money. So what they did was they made an exclusive, all-exclusive class. So like we have all spec ed obsessions um lack of lack of reaction time but they have some of the nicest hearts the warmest hearts that you could have and with that what are some of the challenges that you go through with it i think the biggest thing that people need to understand is that when you meet one kid with autism you met one kid with autism everybody is different everybody is at different levels um, you know, you have your kids that are, like I said, nonverbal, you have your kids that are high functioning and it all comes down to, you know, the behavior part of, of autism, you know, people look at it as just again, like, oh, they're bad, but everything happens for a reason. So if you have that kid that will only work for puzzles, you have to figure out what's the reason. Maybe their work is too hard for them. Maybe they don't understand. Maybe they're not interested. So the challenging part is getting to know your, your clients, know your students. Um, if you don't know them, if you don't build that relationship and get to the foundations of, you know, why this behavior is occurring, it's always going to be a challenge for you and then, or for anybody. Um, but also you have to have a passion for this. Like it's not a job that you just go to, to make money. You know, mm -hmm. you have to have a passion for it because if you don't, you won't survive. You, you're not going to be beneficial to those kids. And at the end of the day, it's about the kids. Um, definitely want to build a relationship with parents because parents are the high arc of whatever, you know, the situation is. And it's, it's really their job to carry out what, you know, you and I tell them. But mm -hmm. it's really important that we have a passion for what we do. Because once you have a passion, those challenging days won't matter because the other days will come and you'll be like, man, I remember when you had a tantrum for like 30 minutes now, because I know you I've developed, you know, to, to, to get to know you on my own, not just because this is my job, the, it, it's not even a challenge anymore. Passion. That's one of the things you could tell from a person who's there for money versus who's really there. So mm -hmm. What made you decide that this is what I want to do? Well, as you mentioned, I am a fellow Shaw Bear alumni. Um, so I went for athletic training. And when I graduated, I was like, you know, this is not it. You know, I thought I wanted to be around sports forever. And I just kind of tried to figure out, like, what did I want to do? Um, so I went home that summer. I worked at a group home with my cousin. And I was like, OK, I think I want to work in this this um, special ed, you know, field or whatever. And I came back to North Carolina and I wind up landing a job at a middle school in in Raleigh or Cary. I'm sorry. And I started working for the special ed department 
And I was like, man, like, I think I really want to, you know, focus on kids with autism. And I came across, I worked at a little special needs camp and I came across my first ever child with autism who actually walked me down the aisle for my wedding, mm-hmm. um, which is how connected I am to this field. Um, so I met him and it just kind of went from there. Like I figured if I can meet him where he is and help him. And, you know, at that time, I didn't even know anything about ABA. I just knew that I wanted to work with kids with autism. So mm-hmm. meeting him changed my life forever. Like him, he was the foundation of my journey. So mm-hmm. I always relate back to him when anybody asks me, my company is going to be named after him. Like he is the reason why. I started, you know, working in this field. I think when you work in this field, man, you always have those, I ain't going to say one, but you always have those major, don't matter what's the number, you have those certain amount of kids that impact you. Absolutely. And and like, you kind of look at yourself at the things that you complain about. And I can't do this because this small thing need to be tweaked. And they're living in a world where everything may have to be perfect. One small mm-hmm. adjustment, one small change in their routine, one puzzle missing, one, one extra whatever. Like everything can impact them. So with that, like, mm-hmm. what are some challenges that you endured through this journey? Um. Well, leaving him was a challenge. Um. He actually moved to Texas. So when he moved, you know, I knew that I had to keep going. But when you work in this field, you build relationships with families. Um, They're not just your clients. They're your family. So for me, my biggest challenge is getting too close. You know, you don't want to get too close because at the end of the day, you know that you're not going to always be there. Whether it's somebody moving, whether it's you getting a new job. Um, whether you're, you know, relocating, whatever it is, I've come across so many families um, during my time of working. And I think the, the most challenging thing is when they, when they leave or when they graduate out of your program and they're, you know, they're too old to still get the services. So that, that's the hard part. I mean, women, women are nurturers anyway. So because we're nurturers, when we meet these kids, we just get attached and, and it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I know for a fact I have at least 15 kids with autism. Then when we go to Special Olympics, a person don't know you from Adam and Eve, but they'll just come up with come up to you and it just it just changes. Cause like I work with Special Olympics, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um I forgot what region, and I'm on a unified track committee. Mm-hmm. So basically what I do is when new coaches come, I come help them develop track practice and incorporate the general track to adapt the track. But the whole purpose of unified track is to include them in the varsity sports. So it's not like Sanderson track team, Sanderson Special Olympics. They're mm-hmm. considered part of the team. And like I know for me, I talked to the AD, me and the AD had a good rapport. and. I got them varsity letters because they ran. Um, I wanted to get them the jackets because the uh, the boosters pay for varsity sports to get it. And I wanted to get to get that to them. But realistically, the coach was like, well, just the first year. He said I could present it, but it was still a work in progress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, 
one of my most memorable moments is I have a kid. He could dunk faster than some of the kids on the track team. Um, and the four years I coached him, of course, Unified started off small, like a six school. Now it's up to like 50 schools. And this kid was all district, made it to, well, they didn't have regionals. They went straight to state. Mm-hmm. That was the first year. Second year, he did the same thing. The third year, we finally got Unified into Penn Relays. Mm-hmm. Now Penn Relays is everybody over the United States. He came in second overall. The other kid from Garner in the same conference, he came first and it shows you when I seen the time and then I seen other people time. And I used to be like, yo, he really could run. But his parents was like, just because he's um, autistic, do not try to baby him. If everybody running a 400, he has to run a 400. Absolutely. And, and the thing I like about parents who accept that their child falls on the autism spectrum, parents are the one that say, do not baby him or her also in the classroom. If he get an answer wrong, he get an answer wrong and then just explain it. If you have a problem, call me. Right. You have some parents that just be like, oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I, she got autism. He got autism. That's why he's behaving like that. Right. And with that, going to the next question I was asking, what do parents do when their kids have autism? Like, how do they go about moving forward in life because we, we know we're not going to change their mind mm-hmm. well the thing about it is it's not about changing their mind it's about being an example and being realistic with the situation um you have a child you know i don't have a kid so let's just say you know your child was special was special ed you wouldn't want anybody to treat your child differently but you wouldn't want anybody to tell you what to do with your child mm-hmm. so the reality is a lot of a lot of parents struggle with this diagnosis but in our reality like i said we all have a hint of autism somewhere mm-hmm. it just it just looks different so parents that i have that um i'm also a parent trainer coordinator or director for my company so you know my biggest thing is like you guys have to be on board because if you're not on board your kid can never thrive your kid can never get to their full potential because you guys are number one. Some of these kids will never live on their own. Some of these kids, you know, they might live on their own, but they might need some assistance. But it starts with parents, man. Like, I mean, even typical development children, you have to be that example for your kid. If you make your kid feel like autism is an excuse, they're going to use that forever. Um, and, and some parents are for that. Some parents aren't. So I just always try to encourage parents, you know, to always Think of your kid as a typical developing kid who has challenges. We all have challenges as an adult, you know, as older people, everybody's challenges look different. So don't treat someone else different or don't treat your child different. They need the extra help, basically. And again, if you have another child, you know, outside of your son. and (laughs) But if you did and you had a child, you had one that was autistic you would want to treat him the same way you treat your your typical development child. Now, it might be harder for you, but you have to kind of push yourself to do that. Because if not, it's always it's going to start making your other child feel like, well, you only care about my brother or sister because they have autism and that's not the case. You know, mm-hmm. so I always encourage parents like, you know, do what you can 
but do what's necessary. Because when you're dead and gone, those kids gonna have to still live. Like there's older parents that have kids with autism and they don't even know what to do when they call if there was an emergency. Mm-hmm. That's not helpful. If I drop, if I fall out on my floor right now, can my autistic son call 911? You got to start thinking about stuff like that. If I if I go in the hospital for a month, can my child be will my child be okay until I get back? You have to think about those things before you start babying them because it's not it's not beneficial. They're going to be adults one day. Mm-hmm. It just looks different. And one thing I noticed when it comes to this, parents that's older mm-hmm. have a higher chance of having kids that fall on a spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. And also another thing is, it's more males that have it than females. Yes. Is, is it like a scientific method to that? I know it's other reasons that, that, can it, that it can occur. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, I can't say it is or it isn't. I do know that, um, I think it's actually, there are more females. I know in the United States, there's more females with autism than males. Mm-hmm. Um, and just by me working, I'm not saying statistics say, but by me being in this field, I've also noticed that autism is more in the Caucasian families than the African-American families. But now I'm wondering if that's because in our culture, we are oblivious to the signs. We don't want to accept the signs. So I don't know. That's I need to do more research in regards to like what statistics say or if there's a science behind, you know, one having it more than others. But I do know that there's a lot more um, females than males. Um, or you could be right. It might be more males because I'm now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of my clients are males. I don't really have that many girl clients, but they're also not African American either. So that is something that I definitely want to look into. Um, I'm not positive, so we'll definitely have to look that up and and get back to your your people and let them know what what the statistics say. I and for like the higher functional ones, the ones that were in general courses. Is mm-hmm. it true that if there's an African-American male who's in the classroom, quote unquote, with a, a white teacher and mm-hmm. the African-American may not learn the way that she's teaching, a lot of them would be like, this kid ain't learning. He need to go to special ed. He's autistic. He's on the autism spectrum. Is there a truth in that and not trying to adjust to help African-Americans so now they're falling in that um, category? Category of, you mean like, are you saying like, if a child is not learning from a teacher, they automatically put them in a special education course? Is that what you're saying? And they and they also, they get the IEP, the fall into the autism. Like they may not necessarily test them, but they'll just be like, all right, we're going to put them in this class because they're not learning. And then, you know, some parents have to be held accountable because they still have to sign off. Absolutely. I mean, there, everything, you have to be assessed. You can't just be placed somewhere because a teacher doesn't want to deal with you or they feel like you're not learning. Like there has to be some type of assessment to say, hey, your child is having deficits in these areas. We think they would benefit more in a special education um, classroom. Mm-hmm. But 
there has to be, it goes back to the parents. There has to be data. Everything that we do is data driven. You can't just make up something. Data has to show like my child is struggling or my client or my student is struggling. If you don't have the data, if you don't have the proof that this child needs to be in a special education setting, then nobody should be just throwing someone into that environment because they feel like, oh, I can't teach them or they're not learning the way that I think that they should be learning. Mm -hmm. So you got to go to the data, man. Everything is data driven. ABA is data driven. Everything is a science. You know, it's not just, again, I don't want to deal with you. So this is where I'm going to put you not cool. And for the parents that are allowing that to happen, I encourage them to get their kids assessed, you know, go to a doctor, go to, um, you know, your, not your primary care doctor, but they have develop developmental specialists um, that can, can give you more information in regards to um, if your child is on the spectrum, or it could just be a learning deficit. That's another thing. Like we have to stop just saying, oh, they have autism, they have ADHD or whatever. They just might be delayed. It, it could be a, a multitude of things. So definitely want to get your child assessed before you just put them in an environment that they, they might not even thrive in. They, mm-hmm. they might not, they might, they might be more delayed by going with children that are not on their, their level. So I, that, that's all I got to say about that. Definitely get your child assessed before they're placed anywhere. Can you grow out of it? I don't think you grow out of it. And I don't think, I don't even believe that that's a thing. I think you just adapt to where you are. You adapt to the people you are around. Um, you adapt to what works for you, just like we do. We 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 don't go around certain people if they don't work for us. We don't, you know, we don't eat certain things if it messes up our stomach, you know. But it just looks different for those kids because they can't vocalize. Hey, I don't want to hang out with you, but so instead it just looks like oh, I'm not being socially interactive. No, I just don't want to hang out with you. And I don't know how to appropriately tell you I don't want to hang out with you. So I don't think it's a matter of growing out of things. I think it's simply just adapting to your environment um, and being around people who can meet you where you are and not try to change who you are. And and that's that's important. All right. And one of my last questions, I, I work in special education and I also work at a psychiatric hospital. Is there any type of medication that helps control like the symptoms or the behaviors they may have? Um, well, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Let's just say that I'm not a doctor, so I can't say that. Um, autism is a developmental disability. So there's no, you take medicine and your autism is going to be better today or better tomorrow. Um, but I will say that there are children with autism that have other um, developmental disabilities like ADHD and those those are those kids do take ADHD medicine, but there's no autism medicine that from my understanding. Again, I'm not a doctor. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but I've never came across a child that says, oh, I take this med- medicine because I have autism. Like, no, I don't I don't think so. Mm-mm. All right. All right. And earlier you said that um, the young gentleman that was in your wedding, you plan on starting a business and naming it after him. Mm -hmm. What exactly will your business consist of and do there? Um, Well, it'll be an ABA clinic. Um, It will be where we service children with autism. Um, We can service. Well, let's 
go back a little bit. Uh, ABA is not just for kids with autism. You can, we use ABA every day. You just don't know because you're not familiar with the terminology of it. But um, my clinic is going to be for kids um, with autism. Um, I'll be serving all ages. Uh, I love the babies. So I would love to just kind of specialize between the ages of two and maybe 10. Um, but I won't discriminate towards the older population. I, it'll probably just look a little different. Um, but I will service kids with autism, service their families, um, their parents, their brothers, their sisters, like invite them into sessions to kind of help them so it can, you know, translate to their home and stuff like that. So it'll be um, ABA based, scientific based. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to, to doing this and hopefully, you know, bring Luke in and maybe, you know, he can, uh, you know, talk if he wants, but he probably won't. But let him, you know, let everybody see my purpose, why I'm doing this, who brought me into this field and why, and why I'm going to continue to do this for the rest of my life. If people out here want to look into information, get more information about autism, where can they find it? Um, definitely. I mean, Google is everybody's best friend, but just be very careful. Um, go on to autismspeaks.com. Um, they have plenty of resources that you can look into um, just that that would be the best source that I would say autism speaks um, look up journal or journal articles articles excuse me journal articles about you know what autism spectrum disorder is what it looks like um, the age that typically people uh, can start seeing signs and things like that all right and if anybody wanted to find you to reach out to you about ABA yes um, where can they find you at? Well, I'm on or Facebook. Or contact you, I should say. That's <laughs> I'm, professional. I'm on Facebook as Marquita Fleeton. Um, that's last name Fleeton, F as in Frank, L-E-E-T-O-N. Um, you can email me at marquita.randolph, the number eight at gmail.com. Or they can always reach out to you and you can connect me with them. Um, I'm always available to talk to people. I'm always excited to talk to people about this. And I really want to spread awareness because it's, it's important. And I'm, I'm glad that you even did this, um, you know, going into your, your second season and wanting to talk about such a, a, a good topic that a lot of us, you know, shy away from. So kudos to you. Um, thank you for having me. It's, this is definitely, uh, this was good. All right. And I want to say thank you um, for coming up here, providing the information. Absolutely. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Just be asking.